believers and those that you believe in God for to see the manifestation of their salvation. And we're going to be praying, hallelujah, for those that are in home. We continue to pray repentance upon the land and upon our household. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you, thank you, magnify you. God declaring that there is no God like you. Oh, my God, when we search high and when we search low, we know, God, hallelujah, that there is no God like you. There is no healer like you. There is no deliverer like you. There is no freedom like you. There is no salvation like you. There is no blood like yours. And so, God, we thank you and praise you right now for the blood covering of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. And because the blood covers, we thank you God for the Passover lamb, Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God who died for us. And so God, as we lift up our loved ones in Jesus name, we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We plead, hallelujah, the mercy of God. We plead the grace of God. We plead in the name of Jesus. Oh my God, the pardon because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're so excited God, that they can have the advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ, who fight on their behalf, who stands before the throne of God, hallelujah, glory, with the uh, piercing in his eyes, and with the nail scar still in his hands, and in his feet, and when the father sees him, the father, hallelujah, glory to God, remembers that it was his idea to save the lost, it was his idea to let his son come here, and because God, hallelujah, Jesus lives, we can live too. So we lift up our neighbors. We lift up our neighborhoods. We lift up our cities. We lift up God, our state. We lift up our nation. We lift up the nations of the world. Oh my God, what a wonderful God you are. And so God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for angels that you've already dispatched. And those angels, God, are going throughout the land and what they're doing, God, they're mocking our loved ones as the Holy Ghost draw them, as the Holy Ghost hey, ministers to them. And we praise you and magnify that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah! Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of our household. He's Lord of our bodies. He's Lord of our health. He's Lord of our mind. He's Lord of our relationships. He's Lord of our comings. He's Lord of our goings. Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, we honor your lordship. We honor your lordship, God, above any other name. We honor your lordship. And we declare that he is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Hallelujah. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, God, we thank you for all of our EHM, the ministers and the chaplains. We thank you and praise your God right now for the covering we plead Goshen we plead Goshen over them Goshen over their families Goshen over their children Goshen over their ministries Goshen God over the servants that serve with them oh my God we thank you that the same God that we read about that taught hallelujah covered his children in Goshen he covers us so God as we again cry out for your mercy God on our land 
Oh my gosh, there's bloods of babies that have been crying out, that have been aborted. And so God, we say, oh God, have mercy. Oh God, forgive. Oh God, some don't have sense enough themselves to ask your forgiveness. And just like Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. God, we pray and thank you right now for your mercy. And let the blood of Jesus God satisfy the blood of the babies that have been aborted, slaughtered, killed, stripped, God torn to pieces. But in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you that the blood of Jesus has greater things and the blood of Jesus has mercy. So God, we bless you and we thank you right now. Hallelujah, glory for the power that's in your blood. And so Father, we yield even in this service, God, right now, even those that are watching be a live stream. I know the power of the Holy Ghost is not limited to space. It's not limited to geographic location. It's not limited to just a building. It's not limited to TV. But the blood of Jesus and the power of God in the name of Jesus and the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah is omnipresent because that's who you are. So we pray and anointing God even right now in this place. Oh Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Even as the angels angelic hosts of release. God, I thank you right now that, that we can see angels. I pray God glory, hallelujah, that you will open our eyes so we can behold and see that they are more for us than against us. And so God, we thank you and we praise you and we bow down to the name above our name and to he who is Lord of hosts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you God for Bishop and Dr. Cheryl we thank you, God, for all of our leaders here in the house. We thank you, God, for all the membership. And we thank you, God, for a blood covering over every child, over every infant, over every toddler, over every teen, over every tween, over every young adult, over every adult, every middle-aged person, every senior God. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood covering. We plead, oh, glory to God, the Lord himself, over every member of this congregation. In the name of Jesus, that you would drive out sin. That you would drive out disease. That you would drive out infirmity. God, for you are Lord of hosts. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we just praise you and thank you for the anointing that is upon us. God, the anointing that's in us. The anointing that's over us. And we bless you and thank you, God, for divine health. Yes, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Put your, put your hands together. Clap, 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 clap. Hallelujah. Listen, to those of you that are watching live stream, we're just so happy for you. We're just so glad that you are tuned in to worship God with us. Hallelujah. And so right now, we're just thanking God that we just have a couple of announcements here. And that announcement is just simply that, uh, unfortunately, we've had to um, postpone our Good Friday service, you know, and trying to honor the time that we're living in right now. And so, you know, we're going to do that. But let me tell you that this is, again, as Dr. Cheryl says, over and over and over and over again. It's a time for us to plug into God. You can have a man communion as she's asked us to do so. 
We, we, we can just worship him. We, we can thank God. And I'm telling you, we can read the word of God. Listen here, look in the mirror and preach to yourself. Amen. Glory to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Preach the word of God to your children. How about that? Mothers and fathers, sit them babies down in the name of Jesus and begin to read the word of God to them and begin to preach to them the word of God. Many of us know the word of God. You preach the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ to your children, to your grandchildren. Glory to God and begin to have sweet communion over the Lord, over what the Lord Jesus Christ did in our life in Jesus name. So guess what? It's offering time. Praise God. And right now. Uh, the first offering would be our regular tithes and offering. And uh, the second. Woo. The presence of the Lord is alive here. He's alive here. I'm telling you, he has filled this sanctuary. And during worship, I'm praying he's filling your home. That his presence is as strong any place as we are and where we are together. Because he is not bound by time, he is not bound by space. And maybe you tuned in today for the first time, you're looking for something to watch, we're going to do a quick moment prayer here. Maybe you have never accepted the Lord as your Savior, and maybe you have, and you're not in a place where you should be. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me, even those in the sanctuary here today, and those watching my live stream, repeat this with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you, and we thank you. In this time... You are alive and you still reign. Father, I may not be in a place where I should in my relationship with you. Forgive me. I, I repent of my sins. And Lord, maybe I've never come to you. I've never prayed this before. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for Calvary. I accept you as my Savior. And I thank you for dying for me and accepting me for who I am. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Dr. Cheryl, come bring us the word this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. And we're so glad you're here with us. And uh, just to let you know, today is Palm Sunday. And next week, Easter Sunday, or I, I hate that word Easter, Resurrection Day Sunday. Amen. He's our hope. And so uh, we'll be here bringing you live stream. We prefer you went live stream, but the doors are open. And... Uh, we just encourage you, look to Jesus. I just can't stop crying. How many of you have just longed to get back to God in this house? And uh, I just bring you greetings this morning from Bishop and uh, Pastor Simon and Pastor Trish, our senior associates, sent me this awesome message this morning. I just want to share it for Palm Sunday. 
says, when Jesus was being who the Israelite people wanted him to be, they gave him palms, praise. When Jesus was being who they needed him to be, a savior, they gave him thorns. The same people that cried out Hosanna on Palm Sunday cried out, crucify him on Good Friday. How many times when Jesus is being who we want him to be, do we wave our palm branches and give him praise? And then within one week, when he's still being who we need him to be, only we're going through a trial or a situation, we give him thorns. Wow. He is Lord. He is Lord wherever we need him to be, in the thorns, in the palm branches. And today, I just want you to lift your hands right at home and wave them. He deserves all our praise, all of it. And he's getting us through these storms, sickness and infirmity. He's getting you through. He's bringing you through. Don't let the enemy get you focused on the storm. He's bringing you through. I want to share with you this morning, and I encourage you right now, get uh, some bread and juice or cracker and juice or bread and water because we're going to take communion this morning. But I want to pray, and I want us to see what I'm going to speak about this morning. What makes us follow him? What makes us follow him that everyone else will say, we want to follow him too? So let's just pray this morning, amen? And I'm just going to get in a position that I hope all of you are in. Father, let us, let us just be so humbled out before you in this season. Father, we repent right now. We ask you for that wonderful gift of repentance. That gift of repentance for our lives, for our children. We stand in the gap this morning and we repent for our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, our seed. We repent for every person in our families. We repent and stand in the gap, God, asking forgiveness for every sin of anyone remotely attached to us. We stand in the gap for the body of Christ, God. We stand in the gap. Father, the church, we need to repent for our apathy, for our refusal to speak. Your word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and we have not. God, Forgive us. 
Forgive the church for slumber. And God, forgive the church for the sin. The sin, God, the gossip, the slander, the pride, the sexual perversion in the church, God. Forgive us. Clean the house, God. Clean your house. And we stand in the gap for this nation. God, this nation that has disappointed you, that has kicked you out of everything. God, come back. Come back, Jesus. And God, we thank you this morning that as we stand in the gap, you hear us. You hear our repentant hearts as we cry out. And God, as we stand at your court, you're the judge. But we thank you that Jesus is what you see. And so the enemy is barred from the courtroom the minute Jesus takes our place. And God, we ask you this morning for a verdict of innocent, a verdict of cleansing, a verdict of forgiveness, a verdict of healing. Heal every body that is ill, God. Heal them. Heal them in the hospitals. Heal them in their homes. Heal every body of every disease. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we say so. Healing, cleansing, forgiveness. Breakthrough. An end to this plague in our land, God. You said if we would seek your face and turn, God, we're seeking you like never before. We're turning, and we ask you to cleanse the land and heal it. God, now let this word, let this word seal in our hearts that we have constant communication with you, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. It's good to be on our knees. Amen. You say, well, Dr. Cheryl, do I have to pray on my knees? <laughs> you don't got to do anything. You just got to be moved of God. And God will tell you, get on your face. You see, when we're on our knees, it's the posture. It's not the act of getting on our knees. It's the posture we take before God. He's holy. And he's making us holy. Why do we follow him? Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He is requiring something of us in this hour. I don't know if you haven't gotten that email yet. <laughs> he's saying, church. I am requiring something of you. He has our attention. How many of you would say, yep, he has got my attention. But look at this. This is one of the reasons we follow him. He hath showed thee, oh man, oh man, say, I'm the man. Say, I'm the woman. What is good? 
And what does the Lord require of thee? To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. Now, you can't do this in you, but he can. So you begin to cry out, Lord, I need you to do this change in me. I need you to do what is just. In other words, do what's right. Saints, we look for these deep revelations in the word. We just got to do what's right. How many of you have that Holy Ghost in you when you don't do what's right? (laughs) You know it. Some people say to me, well, I didn't know. Yes, you know. You know it's wrong to smoke weed. (laughs) You know, well, Dr. Cheryl, it's medically, I have a medical marijuana card. Bully for you. It's still, prostitution's legal in Nevada, so should we all go prostitute? That's hideous. Do what's right. We know when we're not doing what's right. When somebody asks you for something and you ignore them and walk away. The Bible says when a man asks, give. It doesn't say give them everything they want or need, but give. Look out for your brothers and sisters. Just do what's right. It says love mercy. Nobody knows better than me that I've had times in my life where I wanted to get them real good. But God says, no, love mercy. In other words, when he slaps your face, turn the other cheek. Dr. Cheryl, are you being ridiculous? No, I'm being scriptural. Love mercy. Forgive. Forgive in this hour like you've never forgiven before. You've got time to kill Sit on your face. Well, you can't sit on your face. Get on your face. And ask God to show you who or what you need to forgive. Because there's a whole lot of stuff that you don't even think about. He says, walk in humility. Just like we did, we got on our face to pray. That's what we need to be doing daily. Walk in humility. Some people think they know everything. We got to learn to be silent. And we could learn something. Don't be so quick to judge people. Don't be so quick to form an opinion. Don't be so quick to think that you've got all the answers Close the mouth and say, okay, God, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to let you speak to me. Be willing to be broken and apologize, even when you don't think you owe anybody an apology. (laughs) Humility. You know, the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And we've always in the American church thought, oh, we need more knowledge of the word. Now we do. (laughs) That's not an untruth. But that word knowledge, as I was studying it, that word knowledge is not head knowledge. It's intimacy. And so that really translates, my people perish for a lack of knowing me. 
Wow, that changes things up. You see, we perish because we don't know him. We're not intimate with him. Well, I'll bet you now we're intimate with him. I bet you now we're on our face saying, God, I got to know you. Because we don't have answers for right now, and it's freaking a lot of people out. Where does the fear come from that you see everywhere? It comes from not knowing Jesus, who can calm the fear, who loves, and perfect love, which is his love, casts out fear. That's why there's so much fear. We need to know him, and he is love. We need to know what he's done for us. You know, next Sunday, everybody will be, ooh, ah, hallelujah, happy resurrection day. But you know what that resurrection day has done for you? One of the things it did was give us all authority. Saints, we're not even operating in a tenth of the authority we have is the kingdom of God. We should be looking at the world and saying, no, there'll be no more abortion in Jesus' name, and then there will be none. No, there'll be no more hatred and racism and garbage, and we declare with all authority, and there won't be any. But we are not operating in it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means we're to speak up. And the church has been really quiet for a long time. But I see America arising. I hear everyday reports come to me about this intercessory team, that intercessory team, this church praying, that church praying. And we're rising up finally and saying enough is enough. We are the people of God and we take authority. He's given us authority. We need to use it. But we perish for not knowing him. Keep in mind at this season and let it be in your mind forever till you go be with Jesus. Eternal, eternity. Let that stay before us. So many of us already have lost family in this thing, loved ones, neighbors, Work co-workers, we've lost so much. We've lost things. So many of us have lost stuff. We've lost a lot of stuff, a lot of people that are very dear to us. That three months ago, none of this was happening. Wow. But if we can keep our focus on one thing. Tomorrow is not promised to you, saints. Tomorrow is not a for sure. But today is. Today at least you can say, okay, God, in this moment, I decree and I take authority and I'm going to be in my word and get in your prayer closet and today, God, I'm going to stay ever before you 
and I'm going to keep eternity before me. That's why you follow him. Because of eternity. You follow him because he doesn't end with this life. This is so temporary. But eternity, keep that before you. That's why you follow him. Matthew 7.21. Not everyone. Say that to yourself. Not everyone. That saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now we read that scripture. And we think, okay, not everyone, but we kind of gloss over that part. Don't gloss over it. Keep examining your heart in this season especially because that scripture is all about repentance. See, we get real comfortable in the church. In the body of Christ, we're real comfortable. But we need to repent constantly, daily. You say, well, Dr. Cheryl, am I supposed to be so focused on my sin? Nope. You're supposed to be focused on, I just want to please the heart of the Father. And sin doesn't please him. And so we have to ask ourselves, do I know him? Do I know him? Keep asking God, Lord, I want to make sure I know you. Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, you don't know what I've done in my life. My life's a mess doesn't matter. He, I've, I've told you the beginning of this year several times, cut off the past. Cut off the past. Cut it off. That means it's as if it never happened in the blood of Jesus. But it doesn't matter where we've been. We just got to live right now knowing him. What's your fruit? Because if we know him, we got some fruit. Ask, your, ask yourself that. Is there fruit? You know, I, a couple of weeks ago when this mess was starting to get on my last nerve, how many of you are there? I just said, Lord, I want to do something for the kingdom. I'm home, but what can I do? And the Lord said, well, you still have to go to the corner and buy some groceries. So I did. And every person I saw, I kept saying, God bless you. God bless you. Or I would ask people, can I pray for you? Then I got to where, Lord, there's got to be more than that. And the Lord said, start counseling. He says, you counseled before this. Oh, yeah. So I spend time counseling on the phone. There are ways to have good fruit, but repentance is key. 
Because, listen to me, this is so powerful. God spoke to me. He says, if you'll understand how to eradicate, he used that word with me because I love when I pray, I pray that word, eradicate the enemy. He says, if you want to eradicate the enemy, repentance is the key. When you repent, the enemy has to get out of dodge. It's like you just shot him up full of holes. We have to repent. And God said to me, not only sin, Cheryl, because I just kept preaching, we got to get the sin out. God says, repent for not taking all the authority I've given you to use. Wow. We have to repent for the gifts, for the authorities given us, and we sit on it. We have to repent. See, the body of Christ, we're so used to our big Sunday churches, and I'm part of the body. I'm part of the, the uh, majority. And we walk around thinking we're okay as long as we're part of the majority. And then God showed me, he said, show me in my word one time where the majority were right. Wow. Not all. See, we got this thinking, oh, we're all going to die and go to a better place. Say this with me, not all. I'm talking about in the church. Not all. I don't want to be part of the majority. Because in Matthew 7, 13, look at this. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, not all, not everyone. Now look at verse 13. And I don't know if I gave you guys. Okay. In verse 13, bear with me one second. Just a little bit down from that scripture. Okay, we got it. Good. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Well, I ask you, can a majority get through a narrow gate? But the highway to hell is wide. Something to think about, huh? Not all. Not all are going. 
See, repentance, saints, dismantles the enemy. And I know I keep pounding it, but it's the strategy that I want you to get. Repent, because that will dismantle, crush, eradicate, annihilate the enemy. We have to dismantle. We have to take away his legal right in our lives. We have to remove his legal junk that he holds us accountable to because he's a court officer for hell. And when it comes to the heavenly court throne, God's the judge. But if that devil's got legal junk, and we got to eradicate that. And see, in the Old Testament, they had to make offerings. Hello? But in the New Testament, we have the offering. Jesus. Repentance revokes his legal rights. Repentance revokes his legal rights. Why? Through the grace and the mercy of God in your life. When you repent, when I repent, We're in that courtroom, and guess what? God, the Father, the judge, issues a restraining order on your behalf. In other words, in the Hebrew, it's a hedge. We use the word restraining order in our courts. Where do you think they got it? It's a hedge. And the enemy can't touch you. Not because you're great. Not because you're a favored kid, but because of the blood of Jesus that sits in that courtroom. And so the father looks down, and you have repented. And so he removes the enemy's legal right, and he's angry, and he just leaves because he don't have a chance. A restraining order. That devil's restrained from violating you. And once then that you're aligned that way and you're surrounded with the restraining order, now hear me, this is powerful. Then it's time to go to war. Now you go after that devil. Now you pray in tongues like your life depended on it. Now you go after that devil because you're aligned. You're in a right position. God is messing with us in this hour to realign us. We got to get this. We got to be in alignment if we're going to go after the enemy. Now, what do you mean, Dr. Cheryl? All right, look at this in Revelation 19, verse 11. You're going to get it. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Now look at this. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. In righteousness, not all full of sin and looking detestable, and then we want to go to war. In righteousness. In righteousness, that means you're in right alignment, 
right alignment, then he judges, and then you go to war. So often, God showed me this, and I was like, oh, my God, where have I been, Lord? We got to remove the enemy's legal right. Then we're in right standing, and then we go to war. You know, for years, in my prayer closet, I always felt like I got to, I got to, um, cleanse my heart before I go to prayer. I can't just go to God with dirty hands and, you know, a dirty heart. So I knew that. But so often we do a little forgiveness thing. God, forgive me for this, that, and the other, and amen. Now, no, repentance. (laughs) Repentance is not, forgive me, God, and we blow it off and go do our thing repentance. So God, he showed me the other day, he says, you were on the right track, but you weren't quite all the way there. We have to repent. We have to cry out to God. You know, there might even be times where you don't see your sin as all that big a deal. God, I just did this. Forgive me. Then you got to ask God to show you how he sees your sin. Does that make sense? Show, say, God, show me how this hurts your heart. Then it changes everything. He starts to show you how that one little thing that you said about Sizzy uh, the other day, that just broke his heart. And then you're like, oh, my God. How that little thing, uh, you judged somebody that you don't even know. You judged some politician, for example, on TV, or you judged some uh, person, some doctor, or, or whoever was on the TV, and they said something, and you judged them, and you thought, oh, well, everybody does that. How many times have we used that one? And God says, that broke my heart. Wow. And we just are undone. We've got... To get to where we remove that devil's legal right. We're not the majority. We're going through the narrow gate. I don't want to be part of the majority. I want to be his. Let him decide the rest. In Revelation... He sent a letter to all the churches. Imagine how awesome it would be if one Sunday morning you walked in and when this mess is over, we are a body sitting here and all of a sudden I said, hey, we got a letter from Jesus. What would the letter say? based on what he observes in our house. In the house at Sardis, it said, strengthen what remains as it's about to die. Look at Revelation 3, verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. 
For I have not found your works perfect before God. Now, Sardis was a good church. I mean, they were all good churches, but Sardis loved God, and they were doing the best they knew how. And Sardis, it said there, strengthen the things, church, that remain, because they're about ready to die. In other words, strengthen. Keep doing what you know to do. Don't let what matters die. Don't let what matters die. Don't let the unimportant junk be important. Let what matters be strengthened. What matters? Winning souls. Let that be strengthened. Having hearts of repentance. Let that be strengthened. Don't let stupid stuff matter. You may not live your best life now. (laughs) That doesn't matter because the now life don't matter. The life in eternity matters. See, strengthen what matters before it dies. Strengthen what's important in your house. Love. Love is important in the house. Love. Loving one another. Looking out for one another. Listen, saints, make those calls this week. Make those calls not just to your family, but how about your friends? How about people in the body? How about your neighborhood? How about your community? Love. That's something that needs to be strengthened because it matters. I don't want to be like Laodicea. I don't want the letter they got. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I do not want to be spit out of his mouth. I don't want that letter. America was looking like Laodicea for a while. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Up until about a year or two ago, well, maybe even about the last five years, intercessors really have started maturing. They're fighting the good fight, and they're pressing in, and they're praying in the Holy Ghost, and intercessors are arising. They're mature now. They're going to fight this fight. God's calling every one of us to be intercessors. They're not a... SWAT team. We are intercessors. You and me, we're all called to intercede and mature. Stop looking just for your answers to prayers that you want for you and your three. Start crying out for the nation. Start crying out for your states and your cities and your families and your neighborhood. Not, it's not all about you. How many times have you heard that preached from this pulpit? It's not all about me. It's all about him. And his heart is so big, he cares about the littlest ones. That's how we got to get. The gospel is all about change. 
The center of the gospel is all about change. You see, change means that it lasts. I want to address that for a minute. Change means it's going to last. You don't change for a minute and then go back to what you used to do. God is doing a work in us, and the reason it might be taking longer than we like is because he wants this change to last. 9-11, there was change, but it didn't last. But I tell you what, he's got our attention, and he's making change. And you know, it takes 21 days to establish a habit. (laughs) I'll bet that we change. Because we definitely are given the 21 days at least (laughs) to change and to form the habit. What habit, Dr. Cheryl? Of prayer and reading the word and talking to God, not at him. And walking with him through your day. Man, when you go to that grocery store, you better be taking Jesus with you. And you just better be saying, God, show me what to do, where to turn. When something's coming at me, when it's not, show me, God. We're learning. Because when this is over, it cannot be. Return to business as usual. It can never be that way again. So if you're longing for what was, forget it. Because what was was no good. It wasn't good enough for God. If you thought it was the best you could do, it wasn't. Because I'm promising you, you're learning there's more you can do. We are an awesome people. Think about that for a second, that God chose you and me to be alive in the earth right now. What a awesome, what an awesome, awesome honor and responsibility. We could have been alive at any other time in history, but we're alive now. Why? Because the greatest time for evangelism has come. But if you stay locked up in you, and if you refuse to repent, and if it's all about what, how you're going to get through another day and your fear, you're going to miss the greatest move of God. Because God will continue. He'll continue without us, but I want to be a part. I want to be excited. I want to wake up going, yes, we're winning souls. We're bringing them into the kingdom. God's kingdom is being established. No returning to business as usual. No going back to the job and it's just a job. No, it's your mission field. No ignoring your kids. Well, I have to work. No, you're going to spend time with them kids and appreciate that wife or that husband. And you're going to have a whole different outlook. Because God's doing it. So many times your kids were like, I hate school. They're going to be jumping to go back to school. You're going to be like, I didn't even have to 
yank Susie out of bed and drag her clear all the way to the front door. (laughs) They're going to jump to go to school. And appreciation is what God's doing. He says, I want you to embrace this suffering. I said, Lord, that's a hard one to preach. He says, oh, no, tell them to embrace this suffering. So I began to look up some stuff about the persecuted church because they sure know how to embrace suffering. And I come upon uh, an article where Francis Chan, has, he's, you know, he's in Asia right now. He moved his whole family to China probably about five months before this hit. People were like, are you crazy? But it wasn't at the time this was happening, but he moved them to China. So he has this meeting with uh, this like bishop in China. And uh, he says, well, there are five pillars that we require in order to be a part of our network of churches. And so Francis says, okay, well, what are they? He says, you know, prayer, being, you know, in the Bible and, you know, led of, of God. And so the stuff that we would normally go, okay. But the fifth one is what hit him. He said the fifth requirement is that they would have to embrace suffering. <laughs> and Francis went, are you serious? He says, yep. They have to be willing to embrace suffering because it's almost inevitable here. Saints, what if I said, if you want to be part of the body of Christ in America, you got to embrace suffering? So many would go, Dr. Cheryl, you're crazy. I mean, we're a people of faith. So are they. (laughs) But embrace suffering. And I began to say, God, why must we embrace our sufferings? He said, because it's in the suffering that you get toughened up. It's in the suffering that you change. Well, right now, embrace your suffering. It's so minute compared to what they're going through. Embrace it. Embrace having to be home. Embrace having to be locked up in the house. Embrace, embrace, embrace. Just keep embracing. Give it up. Whenever you get ready to moan, groan, and complain, embrace it. And just say, okay, God. It is what it is, and I embrace it because you're going to do a change in me. You're going to toughen me up. Every good soldier has to go to boot camp and embrace boot camp. They don't get a choice. Well, I think I like to skip boot camp and go right to officer's training. I don't think so. (laughs) The church is rising. Listen, you're doing a good job if you're increasing in Jesus. You're doing a good job. Chuck Pierce, Bishop and I know him, and uh, he sent something across my desk. He says, America's finding favor with the Lord. We're coming up. God's aligning us, and we're rising up, and that's a good thing. Now, don't get so full of pride in that. Just begin to say, thank you, Jesus, that we are not dead. 
America's rising up. We're no longer going to be silent. We're taking our stand and we're voicing our opinions that are godly opinions and we're lining up. And so God's hearing us and he's going to heal this land. And it's not because the politicians or the governors or any of them are the answer. They're trying to wade through it too. But Jesus is saying, hey, Dad, America's doing it finally. They're making you come back in. They want you back in the schools. Look at how many schools have now brought the gospel back in. He's saying, hey, Dad, every place they kicked you out, they're saying, come on back in. Come in. We need you. They're waking up, Dad. Father, they're waking up. They're coming out of that empathy. They're not settling anymore. That's a good thing. Why do you follow him? Because he's love. Because he's toughening you up. Because he wants a relationship with you, and he has a relationship with you that you'll never have with anybody or anything that's why you follow him. You follow him. I have a clip I want to show you. But I want to tell you one other little thing. Bob Jones, Kansas City prophet, he passed away some years ago. But I turned on my phone this morning, and I don't really know awesome, I mean, uh, um, automatically go to YouTube, but it just sprang up on my phone. I thought, oh. And on my phone was Bob Jones 2020. So I went to that site, and he's preaching. His wife, of course, puts it on YouTube, and she's still alive, and so she does an intro and an exit on it. But in the whole preaching, he talked about a vision he had of three men in heaven, three men that are very renowned in the church world, and how they had to deliver God a report. The father wanted a report, and so he had these three men. And the first man that gave a report was Jerry Falwell. And if you've been in the church world a while, then you know who that is. And he said to him, Jerry, I need a report on why there are no morals in my church. Why is there a lack of morals? Why don't people have integrity and character? And why are they sleeping around all over the place and doing all kinds of sexual perversion? I need a report. And the second report, Oral Roberts, who had gone on to be with the Lord. And he asked Oral, he said, Oral, I need a report. Why is there so little faith? In my church. He's a faith preacher, right? Faith movement. And the third man 
this was interesting. Because at the time Bob Jones, he had the vision, Billy Graham wasn't gone yet. But he said, I saw Billy Graham. And he said, saints, he said, you better pray that Billy lives a lot longer. He says, because God asked Billy for a report of why there was no evangelism in the church. And God spoke to Bob Jones at that point and said, I'm going to, based on their reports, I'm going to infuse my church in this end time with morals, with faith, and with evangelism. And saints, we see it. We're living it. People are starting to finally take a hard look at their morals, at their faith. There should not be faith churches. We should all have churches full of faith. There should not be deliverance and inner healing churches. We should all be walking in healing and deliverance. We should not have churches that are just known for evangelism. We should all be out there evangelizing. And that's our challenge, even in this hour. That's why we follow him. Watch this clip. Did you know he would rise? He said he would, but truth be told, we doubted it. Uh, mm. <laughs> then what made you follow him? What made you follow him? to do it. To what? He's going to heal that man. How? Watch. Just watch. No one touches me. A miracle. We saw them many times, Roman.
That's why. That's why. And we're to be those vessels of love. That's why. We're to be those vessels of healing. That's why we follow him. Let us receive communion this morning as a body. And I pray that you'll take this word this week and listen to it again. You can go to YouTube, Evangel Christian Churches. You can see the messages right on there. Also, I encourage you to go to last Wednesday night, all the Wednesday nights, but the last Wednesday night I shared some prophetic things, and it's also good stuff. So you have a means to study and to learn. Also, Destiny School of Ministry is out of course, right now. But if you would like to study the Word of God and you would like to take class, you can do it right from the comfort of your home. We'll send correspondence courses to you. And we're waiving the correspondence fee. So it's very minimal what it costs to go to school. And if you'd like to do that, just call the office, 586-773-6568. We want you in the word of God. That's more important than anything. We'll work with you with finances, but I just encourage you right now, get disciplined in the word, and that's a great way to do it. No correspondence fees. All you have to do is register in, and we'll mail you the material. Amen? Let us take communion this morning. Father, we just come before you humbly broken. God, your word breaks us. Your love breaks us. Your presence breaks us. Even in our homes, God, right now, break us. Break us. Forgive us. Forgive us for the words that we so haphazardly say that we shouldn't. Forgive us for attitudes, actions. Forgive us. Forgive us for any unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. We just release it to you now and ask you to wash over us with your blood. Forgive us for the doubt and the fears. Oh my goodness, the fears, Lord. Forgive us for those. Forgive us for the anger and selfishness, the greed and the lust. Forgive us. Forgive us for lying, not speaking truth, for cheating, for stealing, even when we don't think it's stealing or cheating or whatever. Forgive us. 
Forgive us, Father God, for the pride and the arrogance. Forgive us for the competition. And when we compare ourselves, forgive us. Forgive us for the rebellion and the disobedience. Forgive us for when we try to manipulate others. Jesus, wash us today. We examine our hearts, God. Forgive us. Just examine your heart. And in the privacy of your home, just ask him to forgive you. Forgive you for whatever he's showing you. And don't hold back tears. If you feel to cry, cry, because that's cleansing before the Lord. Now, Father, we take this bread. And, Father, it represents your broken body for us. It represents the stripes on your back. It represents the knife knifings in your side. And it represents the thorns on your head and Every area they hurt you, God, the nails in your hands and feet, it represents that. And Father, we thank you that you did that for us. Say that, he did that for me. Yeah. Thank you, God. Partake. And Father, we lift up the cup. We thank you for your shed blood. It was broken for us, broken for me. Say that, it was broken for me. It was shed for me. And Lord, we honor you this morning. We praise you. On this Palm Sunday, we only want to praise you, not harm you. So Father, wash. Wash us through, cleanse us with the precious blood, and Father, heal us. Every person that needs healing, we decree, because we have authority, we decree healing and cleansing for every person that takes this cup. And Lord, as an act of war now, in 1 Samuel 7, God, it said that when they made sacrifice, and Father, this has been a sacrifice, your, bre- your broken body and your shed blood. Now, Father, as we partake of this sacrifice, Father, we release the enemy to turn on himself.
Let the enemy destroy himself, God. And we thank you for it. And let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. Thank him for what he's done for you. Thank him what he's done for our nation, our cities, our churches. Thank him. Amen. Father, right now we close this awesome service and time with you. And Father, we thank you that you are our God. Jesus Christ is Lord. And so now, God, we cancel out the power of words and dedicate our mouths to speaking your word of faith. Out of our heart, God, we set ourselves apart to fill ourselves up with your word, with your faith. Put a watch over our tongues, God. Put a watch over our lives. Let us only say and do what the Father tells us to, just like Jesus did. Father, in the name of Jesus, fill us with your mighty Holy Spirit. We are victorious in every area of life because you make it so. And so we thank you. We are not double-minded, but we have the word of God dwelling in us richly. God, I decree Psalm 1914 over us. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. Let everything we do in word or deed, let us do it in the name of Jesus, giving you thanks. And in Jesus' name, I annihilate, eradicate, and destroy all fear in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Have an awesome and blessed day. Amen.